All right, welcome back to Blue by 90, presented by Mason Brew. I am Justin, joined by Jacqueline and Kaylin, as always, live from Miami. If my voice is not as uh, as good as you hoped, and I'm uh, not on video, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm on the beach currently, drinking a cerveza uh, in Miami. So, hey, we, we're going to get you guys the content, whether uh, we're in Michigan or, or down here for the game, but... Uh, Hey, I'll take the sun here. It feels great. For for everybody watching on YouTube, we uh, we special requested Roe to not have his video on because he's so pasty <laughs> and white. We didn't we don't want to blind anybody before the game. I'm already pasty enough. We don't need two of us uh, on the on the screen here. Honestly, I thought my traps were looking good though, so I was pretty pumped about having them. They were on looking here, solid. But... They were looking solid. Yeah, you know, I did a couple chin ups before I got on. Nice. Yeah, man, we're uh, we made it down here to uh, to Florida. Obviously, there is a little bit of a game, uh, like there's an event going on here that I'm interested in going to uh, tomorrow. So excited about that! But um, everything I've heard, first of all, from what I've seen myself, as well as hearing from other people around Miami, just around the area, all Michigan fans. Michigan fans everywhere, the block M everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 75% Michigan uh, stadium tomorrow. Well, dude, we had people, uh, I'm sure people were DMing you on Twitter and stuff too. We have people yeah. like messaging us on Facebook and Instagram. I've just had a couple of buddies text me. They're like, hey, are you guys in Miami? Are you in Miami? What are you guys doing? And like everybody's talking about how many Michigan fans there are down there. I'm, if, if Michigan can take over the Orange Bowl and it's, oh my there's God. more Michigan fans than Georgia fans, that that's a win in itself. Because Georgia's what? Maybe a couple hundred miles hours from honestly. Miami? Yeah. Something like that? Well, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know geography. <laughs> You're the one with two degrees here. I, I will say my bet is that a lot of them are driving down like day of, you know, mm-hmm. so – I do think Georgia will will show up for sure. It's not like that, you know. It's not like they they have a bad fan base or anything. But I do think in general, Michigan just hasn't been here, you know. And so the the Michigan fan base, obviously us included in this, is just so freaking excited for this game that it, it's it's. Uh, I, I think people. This is the event of like the the decade, the century for Michigan fans. I, is there? Is there a biggest bigger moment, you know, than than this one coming up? I think Century's a safe bet. I I think it's a safe bet. And uh at least for football, right? I mean Yeah. The last I, big game I, mean, I can remember for football for Michigan where it was like big, big, like oh six when we lost probably. that game. You know, even twenty sixteen we lost that game, like this is huge, man. I got a lot of – I mean, this could make or break the new year. Oh, boy. <laughs> is this, does this determine how 2022 is? I think it does. And the, and the funny thing is, too, is I told my wife I'd do dry January, and um, <laughs> which is funny in itself. but Yeah, that uh, is, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, like, if Michigan wins, then I'm not going to do it until after the natty. But if Michigan loses – then I'm just gonna want to drown my sorrows. So like either way, it's lose lose. I'm not I'm not gonna be able to do it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Kaylin, how are you feeling? 
I'm I'm already so proud of this team, so happy. Uh, so I mean, I've already won. I'm a winner. Feel that. I love the support for the team there. I love that too. I I mean, I do think that is the correct take here, though. I think that Michigan already achieved and accomplished like everything that they came out to achieve this year outside of the national title, obviously. But, like, I think once they beat Ohio State and once they won the Big Ten Championship, everything else here is cherry on top. You know, now that's not saying, like, Jim Harbaugh in his press conference today said it perfectly. We're happy to be here, but we're not just happy to be here. You know, we're not happy to just be here and just hang out and and do that. We're here to win the game. So there, you know, obviously we all want to win this game, but I think that everything past the Big Ten Championship for Michigan fans is, is the cherry on top. And, you know, ultimately winning that natty is it. But I, I think it's taking everything in that, we're, that Michigan's been able to do this year and just being here is an accomplishment in itself. So you don't think it's a disappointment if they lose? Remember before, you, you thought it'd be a disappointing season if, uh, uh, if Michigan lost I, to Georgia. Okay, you're putting words in my mouth now. That is not true. <laughs> I said it would be a disappointment if they lost, if that was uh, the way they ended by losing uh. the, the Big Ten Championship. In this game, I don't – I think even if they lose this game, it's not like a disappointment, right? You're, you're losing to what we've t- talked about up until – championship week was the best team in the country by far right well, here's the and thing. so they, yeah. they really just need to score points you just need to I put totally points on the board because i i can't be compared to msu hundred percent no yeah agree hundred percent i did see um i think his name is bill c he's an espn guy on twitter and he he ranked all of the college football playoff teams and he put the 2015 MSU team dead last, which I think is correct. <laughs> they won well, like every game that year. But I mean, it was incredible that they even got there because I don't think I think they were obviously a great team, but they were just so gritty. They like somehow pulled everything everything out, and then finally they ran into Bama, who was this incredible team, and just got blown out. Well, and I do want to say too. I think uh, I think TND Takeover on Instagram put something up. But uh, I, I wish I would have read this article. But it was like, is 2015 Michigan State the luckiest team of all time? Yes, like they I'm, 100% are. Right, like they clearly didn't belong in the um, in the playoff because they got smoked. But I'm trying to think back to the other games. I mean, obviously there was the Michigan game on the um, on the punt or what fumbled the snap or whatever it was. But yeah. what else did they have? Did they have a game winner against Ohio State or something too? And um. I mean, they had a lot of stuff along the way. But yeah. honestly, the last thing I'm going to do right now is talk about 2015 Michigan State in, in a lengthy fashion. So we can get back to talking about Michigan here. <laughs> uh, I, I want to ask you guys, what is like the, what is the thing that you're most looking forward to tomorrow? Is it watching the game? I mean – I don't know. I'm maybe this is a dumb question, but like, what about tomorrow? Is it that you're just like so pumped about? Aside from obviously watching the game, I am cooking yeah. some ribs tomorrow. My Ipsy famous ribs, I like to call them, and uh, they're pretty good. 
So I'm excited to eat those. I like that. Are you talking like not the game at all? No, I think it's part like part of the game can be it. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, for me, obviously, it's it's the whole thing they've been touting all week, the strength versus strength, right? Like, I I really want to see Michigan's offensive line as a unit handle Georgia's defensive line and just what's going to happen in that match. I think that's going to be probably the most interesting thing, and it's gonna it's gonna tell us all right, was this offensive line, is it really that legit? You know, because Georgia's defensive line has been and has been talked about, no doubt, the number one defensive line in the country. And they, I mean, nobody has run the ball against them. Not one person, not one team has been able to run the ball against them. Even Alabama just threw it all day, you know. Um, So I think that's where it's going to be. Michigan's still going to want to run the ball, you know? And so can they get something going there? You know, they're probably not going to be able to run it, run it up the gut. But I think what's been awesome to see is everybody talking this week about how, you know, Michigan just tries to run it up the gut with us on Haskins. They're not going to be able to. People don't realize that we have Blake Corum, who's one of the fastest running backs in the country. Donovan Edwards is incredibly fast. Even Hassan himself, is fast in the in the open field. And then you add in, you know, the, the other guys around there, A.J. Henning, who's going to get some uh, some reverses. You add Mike Sainer still in. You're, and, and then, you know, you also add in our backup quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, and it's like people don't talk about Michigan's speed ever, but they legit have very, very good speed. Well, I was going to – so Kalen brought up an interesting stat before we started recording, and I'm curious how it compares with, like, the other players too. But, Kalen, what, what were you saying about Corum before we jumped on? Oh, Blake Corum, he, uh, almost half of his yards have come from 13 plays. 47.3% of his yards came from 13 plays. It's pretty incredible. That, to me, just says that he's, like, you know, he – can find space and boom, he just has a huge explosive play, right? Basically, averaging one giant explosive play a game. I mean, that's that's like scary to me, right? And I mean, when you look at you have a guy like that, and then your other back is Hassan, who like something like sixty percent of his yards are yards after contact. So he's an extremely physical runner. So you got a guy who can just pound you in the trenches, and another guy who can just break loose. Like that's that's an insane dangerous guy. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. There's a I'm hanging out with a manatee. There's a manatee right here next to me. Um, right. So, do you want me to get his take or what do you? Yeah, ask him. See, ask him. Look like, I like to I like to think of myself. If I was a pretty sea chill. animal, I'd be a manatee. I think you'd fit in well as a manatee for sure. He's really ones, just right? laying. Yeah, they're fat. They're like sea cows, kind of. Yeah, you know, they okay. they just kind of lay there doing nothing. Yeah, he just floats. If I could swim, if I could swim, I would be a manatee for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. You just gotta float. Um, true. Literally, I mean, the, I th- at first I thought the manatee was dead because it was just not doing anything. Which sometimes I do think that of Jack. Like he just yeah. doesn't do anything for. <laughs> You know, so they would be like, Are you alive? I'm like, Yeah, I'm just fucking laying down. Leave me alone. (laughs) 
Right. Just making sure I can see sign of life over there. <laughs> You're removed in six hours. That's like literally uh, yeah, me thriving. Sorry, I just took an edible. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's just me thriving at that point. If I'm not moving, I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that that what Kalen was saying about Blake Corum is that's exactly why I think Michigan does have a chance to beat Georgia because you don't have to pound the ball for four yards of play to beat Georgia, right? Or, or Michigan's offense hasn't had to do that at all to be successful. Yes, they have done it when they needed to, but, you know, you look at the first two, first two drives from Michigan in the uh, Big Ten Championship, and they, you know, have those big plays. That is what Michigan – that is what set, has set Michigan apart from pat, their own past offenses – and other offenses this year around the Big Ten and around the country. And so the way I do think that they can beat Georgia is you're not going to, you know, just wear them down. They're too big and too strong to do that. But if you catch them off guard, you know, three, four, five times and have big plays with Blake Corum and then you chuck some deep as well, well, all of a sudden you've got points on the board. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's honestly, I was kind of zoned out. I didn't really, I wasn't really listening to any of that. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Well, that's what makes them so scary, right? I mean, they have so, like, literally every position, Michigan's just throwing another wrinkle at you. And you're just like, man, I don't know what that guy's going to do. I don't know what that guy's going to do. I have no idea what Gaddis is thinking. So, uh, you know, (laughs) that's on our side, I think that's the huge benefit in this game that we just have so many, like, kind of, bizarre weapons that nobody knows what's going to happen, including the other team. Well, I think too, because like, if I think we can all agree, this is going to be a low scoring game. And if there's a couple or a few explosive plays where Michigan can get touchdowns, that's that's maybe all you need. That's, that's what I love about this. Well, and I, I think too, the funny thing of what you just said there, Kalen is in past years, we've said, I don't know what Josh Gaddis is thinking. And we've been angry about it, right? It's like, what is Josh Gaddis thinking? Now we're saying, what is Josh Gaddis thinking? Because we don't know because he's been that creative. It's the total opposite. It's like, not only do we not know what he's thinking, but the other team doesn't know what he's thinking now. Before it was, everybody kind of knew what he was thinking, but we didn't get his, uh, you know, get what he was trying to do. So I, I do think that Gaddis's creativity is definitely going to come into play this this in this game, and you know I think that he can't get complacent. Uh, you know I go back to the Michigan State game; they couldn't get the run going, right? And that was you know the struggle for the offense, and they had to go to the the air. Well, Michigan State's defensive secondary is a little bit worse than Georgia's defensive secondary, right? So you're not just going to be able to have Cade throw all over them. If you can't get the ball, get the run going, how are you going to to combat that? I mean, there, but Georgia's secondary is not great. That that's kind of what you were saying, right? I think they are pretty good. I I I swear I was watching something this morning that said they were not very good. Again, we are not prepared. Well, I think that people, not going to apologize. Focus about on it. their front seven a lot more. Their front seven right, yeah, like their front seven's incredible, but I think it's their secondary is um, not as good. And obviously, they were talking about it because like Bryce Young is just 
I mean, he's a Heisman winner, right? Like he's the most talented yeah. quarterback in the nation. And, um, you know, he can pick apart whoever he wants, but uh, obviously if we're looking for a weakness, the secondary yeah. is obviously bigger than, you know, being able to run the ball. So yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see if Kate will be able to kind of go off like he did against Sparty to help Michigan get the win. I don't think he will. I don't think, like I said, again, I don't think it'll be a high scoring game, but as long as he can make a couple plays to get Michigan in scoring position, it's all that really matters. Yeah. And I'm also thinking like um, in terms of Michigan's defense, I actually think that they will kind of surprise Georgia in a way with how, how locked down they can be. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause I've heard a lot of Georgia talk and I, I was watching one with like three guys talking. One of them was like, yeah, they let Ohio state do whatever they wanted. And I was like, well, Ohio State was the best passing offense in the country, and they had a, a Heisman candidate, and we yeah, still like, prevented them from winning the game. So, I mean, twenty-seven points was their second lowest uh, point total of the year. Like, I mean, they score for they score on average like forty points a game. <laughs> so, you know, Ohio State did. So, I think that holding them to twenty-seven was pretty damn good. You know. Um, and so I think on the defensive side, too, here's what I'll say. I, I think that Michigan has a better shot to – or I'll, I'll say it like this. I would rather be Michigan on offense where if they, if they hold Michigan on, in the run game, I trust Cade McNamara more than if Michigan holds Georgia's run game, I wouldn't trust Stetson Bennett as much. I, I if it's a passing, if both teams stuff the run, and it's quarterback versus quarterback, whose passing game is better? This is kind of crazy to say, but I like Michigan in that advantage because I think Cade McNamara can do it. I think Michigan has a better receiving core. I think that outside of, of Brock Bowers, Georgia's receiving core is not you know fantastic. I think they're good, uh, but I I think when you're looking at Michigan's defense. They're going to stop the run, in my opinion. And then I also think that Stetson Bennett hasn't faced a defense like Michigan's yet where they're going to get to him. They haven't faced, uh, you know, a, a Naden Hutchinson. Yes, I know they faced Alabama. And, yes, I know they faced – what's his name? The Williams, Williams guy, I think it is, from Bama. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the defensive end. Yeah. That, that's incredible. But so I, I think that if – if they can, if Michigan's defense can stop this run and also get to the quarterback, Bennett is going to make some mistakes, and then that's how Michigan can win this game by getting either turnovers or or Stetson Bennett is you know all over the place. I mean, that's the funny thing about this matchup too is both teams are built so similarly, like really good. I think mm-hmm. I mean Georgia's obviously got the better front seven, but Michigan's secondary is. Um, I'd like to say uh, – I, I like to think it's a little bit better than Georgia. Um, and then the offenses are like – I'd almost say identical, right? I mean, we even looked at the stats between Caden, Stetson, like Michigan and Georgia are both run first teams um, who have solid quarterbacks. So – But nothing, <laughs> But the quarterbacks are both like perfectly solid but nothing special, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So it's like – if neither team can run the ball, like, are they going to be able to score points? You know, who knows? I, I think, I think Michigan will be able to, 
Um, and, I, and I do think Georgia will be able to, too, but I don't think it'll be a ton of them. I still think, yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the over-under is like 44 or 45. And then I, yeah. I think I just – I think I'm going to bet the under on that one. What do you guys think – so from from my sources here, I don't want to pull the sources, sorry, sources. but sources. Um, so I'm pretty sure it's Thursday uh, right now. I'm pretty sure Dax Hill is coming down to Miami today. Um, and I think that he's going to be with the team tomorrow. Not saying that's confirmed, so if it's wrong, don't blame me, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that that is the case. Um, I was told that he would not have played if the CDC did not change the quarantine from 10 to 5 days. So so it's confirmed he, he had COVID then? He was, I believe he was exposed and tested positive. That's correct. I think okay. it was his brother. Crazy enough. So his brother, Justice Hill, plays in the NFL. I think they saw each oh, other shit. over Christmas. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to get political whatsoever, but Justice Hill is not vaccinated. So that's his brother, uh, not vaccinated. So I think that was a big issue as well. Um, and so he was, I think they were together. Justice Hill is, is, uh, has tested positive so I think Dax did too um, but I'm I also believe that they did not the last time that Michigan tested was the day before they left which was the 24th so um, I don't think that they've tested since they've been here and that's why I think that they'll be good but I think that Dax will be with them um, so that's that information if I wanted to ask you guys, what's the impact that Dax Hill has on this game if he plays or if he doesn't? I People want to know that part, right, where it's like how big of an impact is it if Dax doesn't play? Well, I mean, he's a huge help in the secondary. That's what I think. And, you know, if you if you take him out of there, significantly decreases the efficiency of that secondary. Luckily, um, you know, Rod Moore is a freshman, he's been getting a lot of playing time. He's been playing pretty well. Obviously, you have Hawkins back there at safety. Um, I'm trying to think who would step in for Dax's role. Because does, does Rod Moore is Dax been playing more uh, DB lately, or has he been at safety? DB or safety? Yeah, he's at a corner. Is he is he mostly at the corner this year? I've seen him play both. I know that's no, why Dax I'm curious. Plays like like the who rover. would step in for him? Dax has been playing like a rover, where he kind of plays that viper spot, where okay. um, it, it's not the viper, but it is. You right. know, it's both. It's it's um, he, he'll step up and play on the slot guy, or he'll play back. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like I said, Michigan's got one of the best secondaries in the country. Like I think they're top two in in, in a lot. Um, so with him missing, I mean, that takes a huge chunk out of there. I mean, Dax is projected, I think, to be a probably first or second round pick this year. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It makes me nervous. Obviously, I'd rather have him in there. Um, but, I mean, I know we talked about this, I think, last podcast, or I think I was talking with Larry Lage today in the studio. And um, he was saying, can you think back to, like, some big plays Dax has had? Like, is he really, like, have a big effect on the game? And I'm like – you know, when he makes plays, they're huge, and he's had some big plays this year, but it doesn't feel like he's had a whole lot of big plays. And I could just be missing something. And I don't know if you guys have seen anything different. I think that's one of those, like, kind of things about being a, a corner or a safety, right, when you're, like, covering a guy and your team plays a lot of man-to-man. If you're covering them good, they don't throw to you, so you don't have to make a play. 
but that in and of itself is kind of you making a play. So maybe that's how Dax is contributing. I, I don't know. I'm just... And I also, I, I also think it's a Rashawn Gary situation um, where the, the impact that he has on the game um, is not always seen. Right. Um, so I think that he, his, his smarts, um, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that kind of runs the defense in the secondary too. So when you have a Rod Moore as a freshman, you know, possibly stepping in there as, as athletic and talented as he is, he doesn't know everything and hasn't seen as much as Dax Hill has. That's he doesn't the type have all of that impact. experience. He's a great, yeah, like, that's a, assistant kind of guy, right? But he's not ready to be the totally, leader yet. Totally. So I think that you're losing that part, which I think is very significant. In, uh, in good news, um, we just he, hit the over for the South Carolina-North Carolina game with 50 seconds left. Whoa. So don't worry, my bet my bet is covered. Everybody's listening. <laughs> Go ahead, Ro. I think you're back now. My back, sorry. My my bad. It's okay. I had a perfect shout out for myself. So all right, cool. Um, but I think you know, I go back to Brad Hawkins, who has been really good for us now, but he was thrown into the mix in twenty eighteen. And like you think about him against Notre Dame in twenty eighteen. Uh you got Burr. Oh, gone again. Man. Playing with the manatee. Talking about getting in South Bend. Dax said Dax got burnt a couple times. In South Bend, you said. I'm sorry, Brad Hawkins did. Brad Hawkins because he was yeah. young and thrown into the game. Yeah, and he's not the speediest dude. Like Rod Moore, he's fast as hell. I remember when we signed him, he was like he ran like a four two or four three forty, something crazy. It might have been four four. I mean, it's it's in that range. But um, actually, Brad Hawkins is our highest rated uh, defensive back on Pro Football Focus. Really. He's been phenomenal. Wow. He I know he doesn't have the speed and athleticism that those other guys do, but that's awesome to hear. Dude, it's it's people don't talk about in college athletics how much of an impact having seniors means. It, it happens in college basketball in the tournament where some team that isn't that good but has all seniors will make a deep run. Like it is, it is a huge impact, and that's why I think Michigan has done so well this year. Do you so. guys remember that Brad Hawkins came in as a uh, receiver? Did he? Really? He did, dude. Wow. Remember? Do you remember it was um, – do you remember Amir Mitchell, too, who came in as a freshman and transferred out, like, either before the season or whatever? But it was, like, him and Brad Hawkins, I'm pretty sure, were, like, two four-star receivers that came in in 2015 or 2016 that I was, like, pretty excited about. And then Amir Mitchell had some – something happened with him, and I think he transferred to, like, Rutgers, but – he was pretty smooth, man. I was excited to see Amir, Amir Mitchell play, but I don't even think he's like playing at all anymore. So I don't really know what happened. But I'm pretty sure Hawkins came in as a wide receiver that year. I'm wow. going to have to look that up. <clears throat> Is there been any, any word on Jimon uh, Green that anybody knows? No, he got hurt though, right? I thought like a while ago. So I was wondering, like, he was one of our other um, good defensive backs. So if he was in the yeah. game, I think that would be a huge plus. Yeah, Hawkins was a receiver. 6'2", 190 receiver from Camden, New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, do you guys – let's get to the voicemails and, and let's get some people pumped up about this game here because we we got some incredible voicemails from some people that, that got us pumped up as well, and we want to play them for you. All right, let's go with um, 
Let's start it off with Chad from North Carolina. I feel like he had the best one. Hey, fellas. This is Chad from North Carolina. Have you all seen this one? One thing you said about this game. Let's go. Bro, are you pumping it up on the beach right now? Good karma starting at 7.30 p.m. tonight. I was playing pump it up on a continuous 24-hour loop. Let's go, boys. Go blue, baby. Beat Georgia. Go blue. Beat Georgia. Let's go. All oh, right. my God. That was incredible. That was Hell of a start. <laughs> Chad from North Carolina. I mean, that's Charlotte, North Carolina. That's, like, the place that I want to be. That's the place I want to end up. So, shout out to Chad. All right. Who we got here? 100%. Um... Yeah, let's talk about it. It's a big game this week and a big game tomorrow. And uh, I can't tell you how excited I am. And let's just hope that we have a big day tomorrow for a big win against the dogs. So let's go, Blue, baby. Beat the dogs. Put them down. Yes, sir. Yeah, beat the dogs. Beat the dogs. (laughs) I want to make that my alarm clock for tomorrow morning. All right, we got Charles from Zealand, Michigan. This is Charles, Zealand, Michigan, west side of the state. Fellas, I was on that field when we beat Ohio. And since that moment, I am rejuvenated, revived (laughs) as a Michigan football fan. I'm telling you, Michigan doesn't punt against Georgia. Wheel punt once. Wow. Okay. Wow. 55 to three. 55 to three. Oh, my God. Doesn't make it through the first quarter. Okay. Go fucking blue. Go fucking blue. Go fucking blue. I love it. Charles. I was hanging on everywhere. That's incredible. Uh, I think it's our boy Mitch. Not punting and winning 55 to three. That's incredible. I love the confidence. All right, last one. Mitch from Royal Oak. Hey, guys. This is uh, Mitch from Royal Oak. Um, I'm down in Fort Lauderdale right now getting ready for uh, the Orange Bowl tomorrow. Pretty fucking excited. It's going to be fun. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about this, and I hate to make this comparison because, one, I hate Ohio State, and they're, they're the absolute worst. But this team gives me – 2015 Ohio State vibes. Like, underdog. No one expected them to be here during the season. Um, Kind of just surprising a bunch of people. Like, you remember that Ohio State team didn't really have all the intangibles. I guess they had Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I guess we have Hassan Haskins. But, like, I just think that this team is, has got that underdog mentality, and and I don't see a scenario where Michigan loses tomorrow. Um, I think that Georgia has to play their best game against us to beat us, and we just have to play our game. Um, I, if we lose, it will be because of an utter meltdown. Um, even if we play half the game that, we, that we're able to play, I still think that we can beat them. Um, so I guess what are your thoughts on that? And, 
go blue. Go blue. Interesting. Interesting blue. comparison. I I kind of like it though. I think that nobody. I mean, nobody expected Michigan to be anywhere throughout the entire season, right? Then you don't expect them to win the uh, win the the Ohio State game. Obviously, they were expected once they did that to beat Iowa. But nobody has a, nobody's given Michigan a shot right now, right? So I, I don't hate that. I also love his uh, his thought there on Michigan playing their own game, right? I think that Michigan does one hundred percent have to play their their game and not not uh, do anything different there. I agree. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah, that. Don't change your identity. I want to hook this guy up with our other guy from Zealand. 55 to 3 playing half our game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, incredible. Incredible. All right. Predictions? Predictions. Let's do it. Go for it, Kalen. I think, like, we've kind of beaten the dead horse a little bit. Uh, close game, two good teams. Um, I think this will be arguably the most exciting game of the year. Um, but I, I'm going to go Michigan 24-23. I like it. I'll, I'll, I'll be right there with you. I'll be, like I said, low-scoring game. I'm, I'm going to take the under. So I'll tweak your score because that hits the over for me. I'm gonna go twenty. I'm gonna go twenty-three twenty. Michigan. All right, all right. I feel like we're all in the same boat then, um, because I think I think that we we kick the field goal early, um, but then we keep scoring from there um, and, and punch it in in the red zone. Uh, but I think that we we stop them from kind of the get-go uh, and hold them off. I think it's going to be 24-17 final Michigan wins. I like it. Let's go. Love it, love it, love it. There we go. I can't – I mean, I obviously we're all going to be homers there, but uh, let's freaking go, man. I This is – I am so – goddamn excited for this game to be able to be in uh in miami with that all the michigan fans hit us up tomorrow if you're going to the game or in miami we'll we'll have a tailgate rolling um we can't wait for it it's just like we said biggest game biggest game of the century so no no reason to stop now right why right. why stop now jack send us off all right boys and girls big game tomorrow hopefully you're listening to this tonight depending if we can get it up or not. Um, go blue. Beat Georgia. Let's bring in the new year with uh, Michigan being a football school. I'm hyped. Hell I'm ready yeah. to go. I'm going to listen to some Meek Mill as soon as we sign off. <laughs> Dreams there of full. Let's go, man. I mean, this. Oh, I'm so proud of this team. Let's just go out and keep rolling. Do what we know how to do, man. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Are you not playing pump it up? What's going on? Do you want me to play pump it up? I said it six times.